All right, today on the show, we talk about the Deshaun Watson ruling in the NFL, which definitely raises Sarah's eyebrow. Then we chat with an amazing chef by the name of Shane Martin as we get to know a good old Southern boy. And then we finish strong with Sarah's news as we get to hear how Sarah avoided being number two in a marathon. But first, let me tell you about Next Wave. Yep, Next Wave Services is a website design company that provides high quality website design and maintenance work for businesses at a flat rate. Next Wave was born from the idea that everybody needs access to seamless, reliable, and professional website design and maintenance service on a consistent basis. Next Wave believes that their excellent track record of repeat business is proof of their commitment to delivering first class service all the time. Get a free website consultation when you check them out at nextwaveservices.com. Founded in 1998, which is just about as old as the internet itself. Yeah, that's a long time. It's Next Wave Services. It's time now for the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, your daily dive into sports, pop culture, beer, and food with a plant-based spin. I'm Dee and along with news anchor Sarah Carlson, producer Eric Rogers, and today's special guest, Shane Martin. Here is a man who uses the phrase no cap, Rich Reynolds. Hello, hello, and what is up? And welcome on in to episode number two of the Real Men Eat Plants podcast. I feel so accomplished that we've actually made it to a second episode as we welcome back, of course, Sarah Carlson and Eric Rogers. And guys, uh, I don't know about you, but it feels really good to have gotten that first one out of the way. Believe it or not, it took me six friggin' hours to edit all of it. I was ready to, I mean, I wasn't going to shoot myself, but I was ready to do anything else but stare in front of this freaking screen editing. I mean, People who haven't done it, I don't know if they understand just how boring and tedious editing can be. No, it's fine once you get down into the like two, three hour margin, but (laughs) you're working too hard. Absolutely. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. We made it through. Um, I think it sounds pretty darn good. We are working on an issue, and I have had le- like one of my cousins actually texted me and said, "Hey, Rich, there's a little bit of echo going on. We've been trying to fix this echo problem that happens every once in a while. I think we'll have it fixed for tomorrow. So we might get some of that today. And oh well." Um, that's what it is. But anyways, I got some exciting news for those of you that don't follow us on social media. You definitely should follow us on social media because uh, I got some cool news. There is a charity called Paul's Party. And if you're not familiar with Paul's Party, um, this was a few years ago. 15-year-old kid Paul ended up dying. He had physical disabilities. And his mom kind of took up the torch then. And in his memory, one year later, um, this was in central Wisconsin. They ended up doing this. They, they had a party for Paul basically a year later to help raise money um, for kids with disabilities so that they could do like fun things like um, sports and activities like that uh, and be involved with other kids and doing that. So like even uh, activities like sled hockey. I don't know if you've ever seen that. And, um, you know, wheelchair basketball. Well, all this stuff costs money and it costs money for equipment uh, and for the kids to be able to do it. And so they ended up just on this party that they did on a whim with flyers and, you know, social media invites, they raised over $15,000 in one day. 
And Kathy, who is Paul's mom, decided, you know, this is so cool. Why don't we make this into a thing and um, made it into a charity and ended up um, bringing in a whole bunch of events for Paul that they do every year. And we are proudly going to partner with Paul's party all month long. In fact, if you go to our website at realmaneplants.com uh, or go on to Patreon is the name of the app. I don't know if you guys have ever visited Patreon, but uh, just put us into the search. Just type in Real Many Plants. It'll pop up. And what we're doing, we're raising money for this podcast because, hey, getting a podcast off the ground costs money. And we're raising money for Paul's party, and it's all at once. So what we're asking for is a donation of six bucks. Six bucks. We're splitting it 50-50 with Paul's party. I talked with Kathy on the phone, Paul's mom, yesterday. She's super excited about it. We are super excited about it. Um, And it's all leading up to Paul Palooza, which is happening on the 28th of August at Wisconsin Brewing Company. So if you are a local or anywhere near Wisconsin Brewing Company, you should come on up to Verona, Wisconsin. They got a really cool brewery and some great like like grounds around there, you know, like outdoor, and they put on big festivals. And there's a bunch of bands that are going to be there that day um, and games and prizes for the kids and all of that and a chance um, to raise money along with some really good beer from Wisconsin Brewing Company for Paul Palooza. So uh, I know I'm excited about it. I hope you guys are too. I'm kind of springing this on you, but I don't know if you've ever been to Wisconsin Brewing Company. That place is pretty darn cool, isn't it? Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't know if Sarah's much of a beer drinker. I, I think Eric is. You yeah, I would say. I just spent a, a week in Washington. It, it was nothing but awesome breweries and distilleries. Yeah. I, I, I do like to drink beer. All beer, though, and really enjoy it. That a girl. You know, I know some women won't drink beer because they say it makes them fart. And you seem like one of those women to me, Sarah. Like, <laughs> I'm one who would admit if that were true, but it, it does. Doesn't work it that way for you? Yeah. yeah. Eric, you're a beer drinker. You have been there, haven't you? I have. Yeah. So I don't know if for this specific event, they're opening this up to, um, you know, be be you know active actively doing this but they usually have this is a very dog friendly place too so like there's a big uh every year i think they do like a dog jog type of thing so i participated in that one time and um so a lot of really dog friendly grounds so you know it's a cool place if you like beer you know dogs and a nice venue it's should be a good time why not? You get to meet us and then uh, donate to a really good charity as well. And so, again, just go to our website, realmanyplants.com, or go on Patreon and type us in the search engine. And please go ahead and give there. If you want to give more than 6 bucks, you could do that, too. You could do one-time um, deals like that. But if you can, we ask that you please do, uh, and it helps everybody out. So, anyways, moving on from that, um, I do have a little bit of a bone to pick with the National Football League. We were talking about yesterday about real men, okay, and what defines a real man and all this kind of stuff. And one of those guys that I would have thought a couple years ago was a real man was the quarterback of the Houston, Texas at that time. His name was Deshaun Watson. I mean, still is Deshaun Watson. He's just not the quarterback of the Houston Texans anymore. He's moved on to the Cleveland Browns. Oh, and by the way, in the offseason, with all these lawsuits happening, dude signed the richest deal in NFL history. It's something like $240 million guaranteed or $230 million. Now, in the NFL, they don't do guaranteed money. So that's like a huge deal that that much is guaranteed. Anyways, if you don't know the whole story about Deshaun Watson, what he was doing was, or at least allegedly, let's let's, let's put allegedly on there, he was going to 
like massage, not necessarily massage parlors, right? Like he was getting like massages from actual people that are licensed to do massages. Now it's different than a massage parlor that you're thinking of. There are massage parlors out there where if you go to them, you know what you're really getting into. You know what you're, what you're buying. These aren't the places that he was going. He was going to licensed massage therapists. They were giving him massages and he would do what I guess has been called now the Deshaun Watson towel trick where he would only have a towel on and he would flip over and lose the towel at the same time. Oops. Oops. Didn't hear that part of that story. Yeah. So, so this is how it, it kind of works. And then he would ask for sexual favors. And now here's what you would have to believe. Now he says he's innocent of all this. This is what you would have to believe if Deshaun Watson was innocent. There are 24 cases that were pending against him, plus another 30 cases of women who claimed that he was sexually aggressive or assaulting them that got quashed by the Houston Texans organization. So you got to believe that 54 women conspired together to have similar stories so that they can fleece Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, was considered like a local hero in Houston, Texas. Um, they were out to fleece him out of millions of dollars. And you've got to believe that 54 women could do this without any of it ever coming out that there was a conspiracy. 54 women who have never met each other at any point in time decided to go ahead and do this. To me, that seems far-fetched. But if, if you believe that, then you believe that Sean or, or Deshaun Watson isn't a sexual predator. If you don't believe it, which I don't believe, um, then you would have to make the conclusion that Deshaun Watson is a sexual predator. Now, out of all of that sexual predator stuff, not only is he not going to jail or have any criminal charges posed because he's got millions of dollars that he shelled out to pay this off, Deshaun Watson gets a six-game suspension. And then he's done. That's it. Six games, and that's all there is. And you kind of wonder why, in the grand scheme of things, why more women don't come forward when they're sexually assaulted. That might be it right there in a nutshell. Now, Sarah, as a woman, all right, I'm just going to go kind of around the horn here. Sarah, your thoughts on that, and how does that make you feel? Moment of silence was intentional there because I don't even know where to begin. And those who may be able to watch, I do have an eyebrow thing. <laughs> <laughs> you say that name and I, I cringe. It's disgusting. It's offensive. And it does discourage women from coming forward who've been sexually assaulted in any way. Um, and the NFL and other professional leagues have been known to you know, this is the punishment, have been known to make a punishment something that's like telling me I can't have this glass of water until later. I don't, you know, that kind of a game suspension, the guy is still going to take off and have a good career. We're supposed to be okay with that? It, it makes me sad also. That I, I, I'm still really, you know, we're not going to go there politically, but I'm still um, having a hard time with the row. So just after my trying not to think about that too often. I, I hear read about this and I'm like, so we're living back in the 1920s. Women are, are we just lucky to be uh, having any rights? Because 
assault is real. It's happening too often. And a guy like that thinks he can do it because of who he is. And then it's sort of like, oh, well, you know, we'll suspend him because, but, you know, he's. Well, and here's what I'm wondering, too. And, yeah. And Eric, maybe you could speak on this because, okay, dude gets a six-game suspension. That means that he's going to come back sometime in October. And in October, that is Women's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, where the NFL in the past has done a wonderful job of raising awareness for it by wearing pink shoes and pink towels. And, uh, you know, you see the guys kind of adorned in pink. And then you're going to have Deshaun Watson come right into the middle of that. And the hypocrisy just seems to smack of something evil, doesn't it? I mean, Eric, your, your thoughts, man. What, what do you think about the whole Deshaun Watson case? Well, I was going to start with the, uh, the breast cancer awareness, October uh, pink raising money um, and awareness type of month, because um, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought D'Angelo Williams had, pink in his hair when he was playing and the NFL said something like you can't do that to your hair and then he like I don't know somehow it became okay so it was like first of all if I don't understand why the league would say no to that but um against the you know besides that point uh you know there's a meme floating around out there so I don't know if people that are watching the stream are gonna be able to see this but there's all oh, yeah, the yeah. uh the NFL suspensions for for various reasons. And, you know, it's just kind of crazy to think about the comparisons be between, you know, Josh Gordon, obviously had been suspended numerous times for marijuana, but um, that's a whole nother conversation. But, but the fact of the matter is the NFL is do does a bad job of being consistent with punishments. And the other part about this too is, so Deshaun Watson's obviously got, you know, a good amount of money. And those types of people are always going to fight tooth and nail to the very end. Um, so a six-game suspension comes from the judge, not the NFL. The NFL can come out and say that's not enough of a punishment, and they can increase that punishment, which I guess is expected that they will do. And at that point, then Deshaun Watson will come back and counter, you know, and, and appeal that and then be able to get that reduced. I did see a report that he will be suing the NFL if that happens and they increase the suspension. So that's where it gets, you know, it's just too much. Mm -hmm. So at some point, like, you don't settle – on all of those cases, and uh, you know, you can't be innocent of all that. If, if you're if you're innocent, you're not settling. Yeah. And something else I thought of too. Something else I thought of too is the example it's setting, not just the NFL, but um, I've, I've got a kid. I've got a boy who's in high school and plays football and loves the NFL. And he doesn't think he's going to play for the NFL, but who wants to watch? It, it kind of. I, I love watching. But it make it kind of turns me off. Like, I'm not so sure. It is damn hard to root for people like that. I mean, it just really is. And, you know, I mean, everybody's had problems. Everybody's had issues. And everybody's done things they're not proud of. But I don't think anybody has gone to that extreme, um, at least where, you know, you're sexually assaulted women. Like a serial sexual assaulter. This isn't like a, a case or two where it happened one time and it's it's he said, she said. It's, you know, 24 women at least that this has happened to that have come forward. And I, I just can't believe that there was ever a conspiracy on that um, at all. So anyways, I just had a bone to pick with that. 
wanted to talk about that, get that out there, because it kind of flies in the face of what we were talking about yesterday, about what a real man is and what a real man does. And as much as you would like to think that a guy with that kind of athletic prowess and a guy that can do so much good in the position that he's in, he kind of falls short of what we would call a real man on the show. And so, um, yeah, that's how I kind of feel uh, about him. Um, we're going to switch topics here a little bit because we got a pretty cool guest Coming up today, Eric and I had a chance to talk with him. I think it was a little bit over a week ago. His name's Shane Martin, and Shane Martin used to play football, kind of like Deshaun Watson, but not on that level. He did, you know, get to play in college and all that. But Shane Martin is a Mississippi guy who was into barbecue and all kinds of stuff who decided he wasn't going down the meat road anymore and decided to cook with plants. And I have been cooking his stuff. I don't know if you follow me on social media. I've been cooking his stuff and posting it, and it is freaking delicious and super easy to make. All of his recipes take less than a half an hour to make, it seems like, and they are fantastic. I made ribs. Uh, they look and taste like ribs, but they're made out of seitan. And I don't know if you know what seitan is, but it, it's mostly vital wheat gluten, so it's almost like bread, but it has the texture and taste of meat when you make it that way. And the ribs, i, I got to repost these pictures then. They're fantastic. And they look amazing. I, I made ribs, and then I made like a rib sandwich, and it looks like ribs, and it tastes like ribs. I was I was blown away. Um, but Shane's recipes are are freaking fantastic. So we're going to get a chance to talk with Shane Martin. That is coming up next. All right, I've got something that I think is pretty cool to tell you about right now, and that is our partnership with Paul's Party. That's right. The Real Men Eat Plants podcast has teamed up with Paul's Party, a charity that funds FUN, and that's F-U-N, all capitalized, for kids with physical disabilities. Now, here's how it works. Just go to our website, realmaneatplants.com, and click on the link for our Paul's Party fundraiser. All through the month of August, we are splitting funds 50-50 with this awesome charity. Your contribution of 6 bucks will help pay for the costs of our very fine podcast, as well as raise some serious coin for Paul's party. Now, Paul was a great kid who passed away at the age of 15, but his mom wanted to remember him by having a party on the anniversary of his death to help raise money for local charities. Well, they ended up bringing in over $15,000, and with that, a new 501c3 was born. Paul's party does some amazing events like Paul Palooza, which is Sunday, August the 28th at the beautiful Wisconsin Brewing Company in Verona, Wisconsin. Yeah, there's going to be bands there all day long, great food, and some delicious Wisconsin Brewing Company beer. You got to like that. Now, I would like to present them a big, fat, oversized check with a generous donation courtesy of our podcast subscribers on that day. Again, just go to our podcast page on realmeneatplants.com or click on the link or go even to patreon.com and type realmeneatplants into the search and give today. Thank you so much for your support and a special thanks to Kathy, Paul's mom, for making all of this possible. All right, interview time now as we bring in our guest who describes himself as just an average, ordinary guy who makes plant-based cooking casual, easy, and delicious. Although speaking from personal experience, there is nothing average about his food. It is extraordinary, as is what he is doing, coming up with healthy recipes that are easy to make and just plain man-friendly. If you're a guy, you can make these recipes. So let's bring in now to the Real Men Eat Plants podcast, 
Shane Martin. And Shane, I just got to know, how does a former football player in Mississippi, perhaps the barbecue capital of the entire world, become plant-based? Well, first he gets out of Mississippi. And and uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I... um. I, I, I like, yeah, you're right. I mean, we used to have a saying that um, in Mississippi, pork is a seasoning, you know. So, um, but um, I I grew up here. Uh, I was played football and actually went to college on a football scholarship, and uh, and then left college uh, to move to Nashville. And uh, I didn't really. It, I guess the short answer to your question was uh, fast forward about, uh, man, I guess about 20 years after I left Mississippi, um, I um, just getting away from being active and everything and the, the, your schedule filling up and, you know, you kind of get lazy and I did and, when I was playing football and I had people telling me to get up and lift weights and all that, man, I, I didn't have a problem doing it, but you know, doing things that I don't like and motivating myself sometimes is kind of hard. And, um, yeah, I just woke up one morning about 20 years later and looking in the mirror and was like, wow, I'm 300 pounds and have diabetes, you know? And so, um, so it really started, um, there and then remember reaching out to a friend of mine and because we had a mutual friend who uh, was kind of in the same boat and I he was featured on the uh, Iron Man Facebook page and I uh, was he had dropped like 80 pounds and I was like I reached out to to our mutual friend I just said man he just Thad looks awesome you know what did he do because I just want to lose weight. And he said, well, man, Thad went vegan. And I was like, nah, well, that's not for me. Not going to do that. And because, you know, to me, the word vegan meant eating bark and tofu all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and people look sickly. And and so that was that was the stereotype that I had in my head. And uh, he said, man, just watch Forks Over Knives. And I kind of feel like Forks Over Knives is kind of the the apex for a lot of us that have gone plant-based. And I think the reason that I did is one of the things I loved about it, which it's important when you talk about the environment and, and factory farming and things like that. But the thing that I loved about Forks Over Knives that spoke to me was that it focused on the science behind food, your body, your health, you know, how you really can take care of a lot of issues just by changing your lifestyle. And it didn't really use the word diet except for saying a plant-based diet. But so my wife and I watched it one night, it was two weeks before my 40th birthday and kind of went, I'm an all or nothing type guy. You know, I'm, I'm a very black or white. I don't operate in the middle very much. And, um, just the next day went cold Turkey and first two weeks was terrible. Cause I pretty much ate salads and tofu all the time. And, um, but then after the first month, I saw such a difference and I felt better. And, and my, my goal was never to, to do it 100%. But then I just felt so good. I was like, there's really no reason to go back and do anything different. And so, you know, and I was a foodie. I love to cook anyway. So I, it, I think it kind of started there almost 10 years ago, just 
wanting to figure out how to make things I love and learning how to cook and replace things and doing it, not just from a vegan, from a vegan perspective, but literally how do I keep this as healthy and whole as possible and still eliminating the oil and, and everything like that. So that's kind of a very, very long story and a very short compacted, and we can unpack that a little more if you want, but that's, that's kind of how everything happened. You know, it was just, it was really done out of health and trying to save my life. So. You know, you, you bring up fork, forks over knives, and I love it too. And and the one scene that really started to speak to me when I watched it, and I wasn't vegan yet, but it was Rip Esselstyn in the firehouse. And he basically says, yeah, you see a lot of firemen. They could all go down the pole, but how many can go up the pole? And as he's going up the pole and pulling himself up, he says, real men eat plants. Real men eat plants. And what do you know? Here I am years later hosting a podcast called the Real Men Eat Plants Podcast. And, you know, it kind of sprung from that. That was the idea behind it all. And, uh, you know, I think Rip, you know, is one of those guys, especially, you know, as, as a man, sometimes you were talking about the actual stereotype for vegans. They're, they're, they're kind of sickly or, or otherwise they're, they're kind of pretentious looking is kind of the, the thought you have in your mind when you're an alpha male, a guy who's played football, a guy who's played sports. And then you see Rip doing what he's doing and you say, wait a second, that doesn't have to be that way. You could actually be strong and fit and very manly doing what he's doing and eating what he's eating. Is that, is it, did that scene kind of speak to you as well? Yeah. I mean, for a, for a guy who like I grew up, you know, in Mississippi up until probably 10 years ago, and we just moved back about a year ago because we've been in North Carolina for a while. That had been our home. But, um, you know, growing up here, it's you. we had baseball, basketball, and football. There was no soccer. There was no, you know, there was mm-hmm. we didn't know other sports existed. So we grew up playing all three of those sports, and usually through high school we played those sports. So that spoke to me because I was an athlete, and um, – when I started losing weight, I started running again and I just felt more energized. And so I wanted to get back into doing something. So I got into CrossFit and loved CrossFit. And, you know, here I am in my mid forties at the time, later forties. And, you know, I, they're really big on the whole paleo thing. And so, so for me to come in there and be probably the lone vegan, you know, and the whole protein talk and everything like that. And, you know, I'm crushing 25 year olds on the runs or, you know, I'm over here at 48 years old, you know, squatting almost 400 pounds, you you know, and that's coming back from not doing it for a while, you know? And so, um, it it really spoke to me because there's this, you know, we have, there's all this, you can't get enough protein. And I feel like that, that argument is so overdone. Like I'm so tired of hearing that the protein, the protein, the protein. I'm like, there's nobody in the hospital for protein deficiency. You know, the only reason you're not getting enough protein is because you're not eating anything, you know? And so that argument just doesn't fly. And, and I'm like the number of people I see over gorging on protein, um, they're not healthy, you, you know? I mean, they're just, and so, so, yeah, seeing that scene for me, that really spoke to me, too, because I'm like, here's a guy that's just that killed it as a triathlete. Now he's a fireman and, you know, he's climbing this pole. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, that that was when I saw that. That's when I became a huge Rip Esselstyn fan. Like I, I loved Rip and Engine 2 was like kept me sane when I found it after Forks Over Knives. So, but yeah, I really loved that scene. So. 
Well, and you have kind of taken this path now of, you know, you're, you're, you're gearing yourself as, um, you know, this is like the every man's type of, you know, uh, uh, of, of recipes and you can, you find these things in your kitchen, which is, you know, very appropriate that you are in your kitchen for, uh, for this interview. And, and what I actually, aside from the fact that these, uh, these recipes that are on, uh, shannonsimple.com is, you know, not only are they recipes of, of things that you probably already have in your kitchen, but, you know, there, when, when you're reading through the recipe, you know, you don't have the whole, like, tell your life story before you get to the point. Like, you're getting to the point of, of that. So I didn't know if that was an intentional thing or not, but it's something I appreciate. Um, you know, it's, it's so two things. One, I'm in a rental kitchen right now because we are renovating our house. We bought like a hundred year old house and gotcha. And, it's about, I will never do it again. HGTV live, man. It's terrible. <laughs> it's, never do this. <laughs> been there, done that. People, oh, man, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And I'm like, man, I know there's the light at the end of the tunnel, but right now it looks like a train, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny, Eric, that you say that because I still get comments, uh, from people <laughs> that are going, um, you know, man, like a lot of people don't think I get to the point with the recipe. And, um, and what's funny is I do view the blog as a place to tell stories just cause I, I like, I'm a, I'm a pretty sarcastic guy. You know, when I first started the blog, if you go back to some of the first, the first little stories, I mean, I, I kind of pushed the envelope a little bit cause I just, I'm the kind of guy that my father-in-law says, man, you really like to pet the cat backwards. If you've ever petted a cat backwards, you know how they went <laughs> up and go, what's your I've never heard that one. So, so that's, that's kind of me where, uh, you know, I'm always like, you know, I'm the one that's going to talk about the eight. Like he'll, he'll say, man, the 800 pound gorillas in the room and Shane's over there petting it. You know, it's like, and so, um, but all that to say, uh, I, I try to get to the point because I know that, you know, even for me as a blogger, when I go to the blog, um, when I go to other blogs to check out, you know, and I'm like, scroll, 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 scroll. And, and, uh, but what a lot of people don't realize is it's, it's the stupid Google game we've got to play for algorithms and search engine optimization. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, we're having to write in a way that uses keywords and, so that Google looks at us as experts in our field so that we can even rank. And so, so it's, it's the Nate, it's the nature of the beast, so to speak. And I try to be as to the point as I can. And so that's why usually there may be a couple of paragraphs at the beginning that's kind of showcases who I am, but then I get to the body of the blog post where I'm talking about the ingredients and procedures and other options that you can do instead of just life story, life story, life story, boom, recipe, you know? So I try to make the whole post beneficial. So like here are other options. If you want to use these spices, here are other add-ins, but it still amazes me that nobody reads it because I get all these messages going, (laughs) Hey, can I use gluten-free flour? Well, about three quarters of the way down in the suggestions and substitutes, it says you can use gluten-free flour. So, and I, we are conditioned to ignore. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so I do try to be as concise as I can. And some recipes, you know, cause you're trying to tell a story with words cause they're not in your kitchen with you, but I do try to make it in a way that people can be there and write from that, from that perspective. But, but I get it. I mean, I, I, I very rarely read a blog post. I hit jump to recipe and, <laughs> and see what they got going on, you know? So, 
But I'm glad you, you know, feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, what I love about it is you actually talk about not being pretentious and not using like complicated kitchen items because I've been on a lot of vegan sites and you're looking at the recipe and, and there's really stuff that I got to Google to look up that I've never even heard of before. And I'm like, how the hell am I supposed to cook with this or, or a tool? I'm like, where am I supposed to get this tool? What am I supposed to do here? I cannot make this recipe, but your recipes, I mean, holy cow. And, and I'm a guy who likes to cook and I got a restaurant, uh, uh, background and, and working in, in restaurants. I love cooking and I'm, I'm cooking almost every day, but what I love is, you actually have recipes that guys can understand that anybody with, with a pretty basic kitchen knowledge can kind of understand, put together. You got pictures to go along with it, which are, which are fantastic. And I, I think that that's so important, especially I, I think for men who are trying to transition and they look at it and they say, I don't know if I could do this. I can't cook. I, I don't know how to do any of this stuff, but you, I, I think it's so important to make it simple, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the thing is we're, we're creatures of habit and we initially develop those habits because some of those things are just easy to do. And then once we get in, hopefully we, it's just like running, you know, you don't go out and try to run five miles, but you go out and try to run around the block and then make that a habit of every other day, every day being consistent. And then as you, as you progress, you know, kick it up to a mile and you kick it up to two miles, you know? And so I think cooking is the same way, but there's also, it's kind of like when we're going back to stereotypes, you know, we have this idea that, um, that even with eating a plant-based diet, we all, we go, Oh Lord, what am I going to eat? You, you know, I think we all ask that question when we kind of make that transition and, but we don't realize that, we eat more of a plant-based diet than we realize. I mean, you know, like I grew up eating potatoes and green beans and lima beans and corn. It's just that everything had butter and lard in it, you know? So you, you remove that and you're still, um, you, you're, you're doing it the, the, the better way, but kind of to answer your question on the simple thing. Yeah. I mean, my goal has always been to reach, reach that, that, that guy crowd, you know, like this is really is man food, you know, and, and it's, I, I'll go and I'll look at the algorithm, not the algorithm, but the analytics, like on my Pinterest page or Instagram, and it breaks down the number of accounts that are male and female. And, and I think like the breakdown is like 92% women and 8% men who visit. Wow. And so we're like, man, we've got a lot of work to do. So that's why sometimes I'm trying to be cautious because you know, of the, of everybody wants to get offended about everything, but that's why sometimes like on the Facebook page, I'll, I might bring up something about how plant-based diets help erectile dysfunction and, you know, and, and things like that. And I'm like, you know, I'm approaching 50 and I ain't got no problem with it. I'm just telling you, you know, there's something, you know, you know, so, so like, but you know, let's, let's be transparent and let's talk about real things. And it's like, you know, that I do think there's a stigma that, guys want it simple and guys want something meaty. So, you know, that's why I, I do have salads and I do have stuff, but that's why I'm trying to take, you know, like the, the, um, like one thing I'm just crushing right now is the, the Cajun tofu sandwich that I just put out. I don't know if you've seen that one yet, but I love spicy food and I loved Creole food and I love, you know, so like blackened tofu with this striacha coleslaw. I mean, it's hot as hell, but man, it's so good. But 
you, you know, and it's like a lot of my food is, yeah, it's plant-based, but you know, you, you can't eat it five times a day if you're trying to lose weight because, you know, tofu has, you know, more fat than most plant-based foods. And, but the goal for me is to get people through the door. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we can get you through the door. And I'm like saying, I'm not trying to convert you to a hundred percent. Like just, you know, go one week, like go a couple days a week, you know, like let's, let's do some progress. And so, yeah, so I do try to keep it simple. And it's like, I'm the same way, dude. I don't want to go look for a food auger. I don't want to look for, I don't zest anything a lot of the time. Like that's just wasted time to me. You know, I know that these color and <laughs> it's like, yeah, it adds to it and I want to add to it, but it's like, I, mean, I don't know, you know, so, um, but yeah, so yeah, simplicity for me, I'm a simpleton. Like if, you know, I'm the kind of guy that rips open the box and if I can't put it together without the instructions, I'm probably never going to use it, you know? So. Well, and you're hitting people right at that, you know, that, that an easy threshold and entrance. And, and that's why you're, you're kind of a perfect guest for us on the podcast because you know, we're, we're not trying to convert people necessarily to a hundred percent plant-based, but just like give them a starting point mm-hmm. and just kind of open their eyes. And, and I'm, I'm going to say, I'm not a hundred percent plant-based. I'm just kind of like dipping the toe in the water right now, but get, even just having that is like opens your eyes a little bit to the options you have. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I like to say this too, is like, I'm a fat man and not a fat man's body. So it's like, I appreciate the fact that you have some uh, you know, some, some recipes, like you have this brownie on there, that's like five or six ingredients. So yeah. I, I kind of wanted to dive into some of those, those recipes, if you, if you don't mind. So, sure. yeah. um, you know, what, what is it, how does it, like, how long does it take to come up with an idea like that? You, you know, it's, um, it's different, you know, cause I, I, I kind of equate it to like when I was a full-time musician in Nashville, um, you know, I, I wrote for Sony publishing and pamphlet music publishing. And, you know, my, my main job was a songwriter. I got paid by them to write songs. And, you know, there's some days you wake up and the idea is just there. And then there are other days you feel like you're grinding it out and you actually got to think about it, you know? And, and I think it's Mm -hmm. like, and I think for the food and the blog, really the food and the blog was kind of a creative outlet for me. And, um, cause I'd never taken pictures. I'd never had a camera or anything like that. But to kind of answer your question, I mean, I kind of view food and recipes like the creative process for me. And the the goal when I was uh, leading bands, it's always how do I, if I have a limited amount of time, how do I get the most out of everyone without overcomplicating things? So I feel like I've always kind of operated like that. But, you know, so usually what I'll do, like with the brownies, you know, there's – I. I may do something like Google, oh, I want brownies. You know, now I'll try to follow an algorithm and look at Google trends and see what's going out there. Cause you kind of, again, playing the game, you got to put what's popular and then you kind of got to, you know, but like, I want brownies. I don't care if it's popular or not right now, you know? And so, you know, and, and making vegan brownies now, and that's why I tell everybody cooking vegan is simple. You know, it's, that's not complicated. There's so much vegan crap out there right now, like vegan butter, vegan cheese, you know, it's like, you vegan ground crumbles. I'm like the work starts of how do you take cauliflower and turn it into ground meat and make it taste good? You know, that's the, that's the, that's the challenge. And so, um, but like the brownies, I just, usually what I'll do is look at, I'll just go on and Google brownie recipes and I'll look at what they're putting in them and like, okay, now what can I use to replace this? You know? And so, so like in the instance with those, um, 
I wanted them simple. And I was literally, my wife was out of town for a week uh, back in Charlotte. Uh, she's a freelance graphic designer. So the company she works, does a lot of work for is in Charlotte and they were having a big gathering. So anyway, she and the kids were gone. And, and one night about 10 o'clock, man, I was like, had the munchies and I was like, I want chocolate. I want chocolate. But I didn't want to load up with, you know, making brownies that have almond butter and a lot of fat in them right at, at 10 o'clock at night. So I just started looking and I didn't want to do black bean brownies. That's kind of what everybody does. And, and I love bananas and, you know, bananas are a good egg replacer. And I thought, well, you know, maybe if I just modify this like a pancake or something and figure out, you know, and so it kind of happened as an accident, just, you know, if I do this and this, I know I can do a, you know, a cup of this flour and then this cacao powder and, you know, and we'll just see what happens. And that was really kind of how it happened. And I took it out of the oven. I was like, oh, wow, this actually kind of worked. And I was like, so I modified a couple of things and I was like, you know, are they the, are they the greatest, most absolute decadent brownies? I mean, I mean, when you compare them against gourmet brownies, probably not. But I mean, like, do they satisfy your craving for a brownie and chocolate? Well, yeah. And that's, that's kind of the goal, you know, and they're like a hundred calories and no fat. And I was like, well, you know, like quit complaining, you know, so. <laughs> you could, you could have your brownies and eat them too. You know, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a, that, that's a great thing. And you know, it's kind of funny that you, you brought up the brownies because Eric actually texted me before the interview today and he goes, those brownies look kind of legit. You know, he was, he was definitely on top of that. And, and he talked about dipping his toe in the water a couple of weeks ago. He sends me a picture. Eric's eating a carrot dog. And I was thinking to myself, I had never had carrot dogs before and I've been vegan for a couple of years. I finally tried it because I thought, Oh my God, there's no way that a carrot is going to taste like a hot dog. But I tell you, what they're pretty legit and and you got a recipe for 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 carrot dogs and i think for for grilling season and what's going on right now i mean how do you get that carrot to taste kind of like a hot dog because even my wife took a bite and she's like it tastes like a hot dog (laughs) you know it's so funny because i feel like i have this every that's the one recipe everybody sees and it's funny that, that they have that same question and um even I did when I saw a a version of those like years ago. And um, I don't know, you know, it was like, for me, I feel like my palate is pretty can detect a lot of things. And so again, golly, that's a good question. I don't know, man, it was just years of trial and error. And, um, but it's, it's funny when I did the pictures for those, um, I started, I had a veggie pillar and I was just kind of, um, you know, pilling them to get the outer things off. And then I started shaping them into a hot dog and I was like, oh man. So, so I think I like the pictures of them better than I, you know, than when I go back and <laughs> look at them and I go, cause I'll shape them to be a hot dog. And, and it's funny that those, um, those are one of the things that even my family and a lot of our friends request, uh, for gatherings and cookouts. And I don't know if it's more of, Hey, let's make them like a, a carny act where they're like put on display. Like you're not going to, there's a carrot hot dog, you know? But the thing is, once they take a bite, they go, Oh my gosh. Like it's surprisingly like a hot dog, you know, like it, it's like the, the texture's almost there. And mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of crazy, but I mean, I, I felt like that's when I realized that meat is more of a medium than it is anything, you know, it's usually the vehicle. And 
And so when I realized, oh, if you can, and my dad, before he passed away, he, he loved carrot dog. He'd sit down and eat three or four at one time, you know, and, and, um, but I think it's just, you know, the mixture of like, I tell people this, I think it's the ginger, honestly, for me, like there's a little bit of ginger in that marinade and, and, you know, there's liquid smoke and things like that. But I think just for me, what I taste when I eat them, and what I, what I remember from a hot dog, I think for me, that's what kind of puts it over the top is just kind of that mixture of ginger and a little bit of the vinegar and that, you know, and then you've got the soy sauce for kind of the umami saltiness of a hot dog. But, um, yeah, I used to make them where I just cook them on the stove and then let them marinate overnight. And then when I, one day we were running out and kind of the whole instant pot thing happened by accident. Cause I threw them in there and I was like, Oh, what if I pressure cook them? Then I can infuse them. But, you know, I was still learning how to use an Instapot, so I threw them in there and cooked them for 10 minutes, and it was just a pile mm-hmm. of mush floating around. <laughs> I was like, well, one minute, <laughs> that's about it. That's all they can handle. So, but, yeah, so it, it just, it's, um, there's been a version of those things out, but I never liked really any of them, and I kind of felt like that some of them were always on the cusp. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, we make Chicago dogs. We make chili dogs, and one of the things I'm working on now um, just based off that, this grilling season is I'm trying to do like a hot dog chili and, and like with, you know, cause usually hot dog chili has very fine ground, ground meat. There's not a lot of chunks in it. You know, it's more like a sauce than anything. And so I've been working on that with like, take, trying to take my cauliflower taco meat and turn that into like a hot dog chili. And so. Love it. Um, Absolutely love I'm, it. And I, I love I'm, the recipes you have, like 30 or, or more, like for grilling season. And grilling season, I think, is tough on men who are thinking about going plant based because you feel like, oh, I got to give it yeah. up. All right. And, and you got like, okay, you got the, um, the, the, the mushrooms on there, the portobello mushrooms. That's kind of a staple. And you got the vegan black bean burgers. But the one that I'm really drawn to that I'm going to have to try are the vegan ribs. And I, I think people look at it and they say, there's oh, no yeah, way but- that I could have ribs if, if I'm vegan. But but I, I love the pictures. I love the recipe. I got to try those. How, how did you develop that one? How how long did that one take? That, you know, well, that, that was, um, that I had been eating, been making those or a version of those for about three or four years. And again, it's a process. So I was trying to figure out again, how to make the process simple, you know, cause I mean, and, and, you know, I try not to use weird ingredients, but for those that don't eat predominantly plant-based or vegetarian or, or vegan, you know, things like nutritional yeast and, and wheat gluten are kind of, you know, outliers, you know, it's one of those things they would consider to consider a specialty ingredient. So ingredient. And so, so I'd always been making a version of like a brisket or something like that. And always thought, man, and my family were like, man, this really is close to like me. And so this year I thought I'm finally gonna, I'm going to do a rib recipe. It was like veggie burgers. I only have a couple of veggie burgers. It's cause, cause, cause I could never figure out how to do a veggie burger that I actually enjoyed that didn't turn to mush when I made mm-hmm. it. And I wasn't trying to recreate a hamburger. I just wanted to create something firm that wasn't going to fall apart and didn't taste like cardboard. And, um, but when the ribs came along, I thought, okay, I've got these ingredients. And if, you know, um, just kind of started taking away what I could get away with. 
and realizing that with the right amount of liquid and wheat gluten, you know, you can get the texture and because if you get it too wet, it doesn't, it, there's a lot of moisture and it doesn't get really firm. If you don't put a, it doesn't get that firm, but if you don't put enough liquid in it, you know, it, it's, it's like trying to chew a tire, you know? So that was really the balance. And then, so I had to make those four or five times from how I normally make them. And, you know, the best thing about having, we've got five kids. So, and two of them are in college, but the best thing about having kids at home is, you know, I test everything on them and, you know, I'm like, if they like it, the majority, I'm pretty confident the majority of people are going to like it. So, you know, we made rib bites one night, just kind of set them out and and they were like, oh my gosh, daddy, these are like, these are like awesome. So then we started making burnt ends with them and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. so, so it just, you know, it really, it, it just really kind of was an easy kind of, it was one of those recipes where I took stuff out of a recipe I'd been using and had in our home. And it was more about the challenge was what can I take away to still get the texture and the flavor, but keep it simple where anybody could kind of throw this together. And so they turned out way better than I expected. And I thought, okay, you know, we may go a little more complicated down the road with another, with a brisket. Like I want to do a full brisket recipe that you can take and slice and everything. But I thought for man, the grilling season, that's about as simple as it's going to get. And the response has been really, really good. So, but yeah, we love them and consume them quite often around here. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they look absolutely mouthwatering, and then the the uh, the total time for the cooking is twenty five minutes. And you know, I'm looking at some other things because you know people are just kind of in a rush. And I know you have your instant pot recipes. So, what's something that you would suggest for somebody who's you know maybe just wants to like dip their toe into the water on it, or just like it's a weeknight they just want to make something? Yeah, I, I always go back to the um, I love curry. I love curry. I'm a huge Thai. Thai food freak, my wife and I, my whole, my wife and kids, we love Thai food and Indian food, man. And, um, but again, we limit how often we would visit a Thai or an Indian restaurant because as good as the food is mm-hmm. tons of oil usually when they cook. So, and, and, uh, but the chickpea curry is one that we love that, um, I don't know if y'all have seen that one, but, um, that is one of our absolute favorite recipes. And so, um, you can really throw that thing together. I think, I think it could be ready in as little as 15 minutes, 10 minutes. Wow. I mean, it's just a matter of getting your, okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and I don't know if you notice, I use a lot of canned beans and can, you know, cause again, the whole simplicity thing. And, um, but I, I do make sure I'm, you know, make a point to tell everyone, Hey, you know, make sure you try to grab low sodium or find no salt added, you know, to kind of, you control what you put into your food you know, instead right. of being dictated to. So I would say like the, the chickpea curry is phenomenal. Um, for a, for an easy weeknight meal, that's great. The zucchini noodles with pesto, um, that has been a real, the kids love that. It's super light, but it's super simple to make. The pesto is phenomenal. And um, so we'll do that. That's really simple. Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, um um, breakfast and stuff like that. There's a, I've love me some pesto. Yeah. Oh man. The pesto is, is awesome. Um, and let's see, uh, I think for breakfast, like, um, I always say there's an oat bowl that I do on there. That's raw oats. That's, it's just kind of a version of muesli really, but it's like, I started eating oats raw about four years ago and I absolutely loved it. So I hardly ever cook oatmeal anymore, but it's just oats and nuts and fruit and, um, 
dates and stuff like that. Kind of like a rips big bowl, so to speak. But, um, um, man, you kind of caught me off guard there. I'm trying to think that's like you, all the recipes start to run together. So yeah, I want to throw you, you, for you a know, you actually have, you have a ton of pancake but, uh, recipes on there though, Shane, you, you, you brought up breakfast. Oh, and, man. oh my goodness. I, I made those carrot cake pancakes. They're, they're like heaven on a plate. I mean, absolutely fantastic. It seems like you have a love affair with, with pancakes and um, I, I do too. I, I think they're fantastic. Talk to us a little bit about, about some of those, those pancake recipes because they are freaking glorious. Yeah, man. So, so two things that I always loved that I wanted to figure out how to make healthy were pancakes and hummus and, and pancake, the pancake whole thing. Like everybody goes, man, you really love pancakes. And I do, I really love pancakes, but I think the reason there are so many is because when I first went plant-based, uh, I'm a breakfast food guy. I love breakfast foods. Like I'll eat breakfast foods for dinner. I mean, you know, and things like that. And so so when I first went plant-based, um, I couldn't go buy the Aunt Jemima pancake mix anymore or Bisquick or anything like that. And so I was trying to figure out how to do it. And then you look at most recipes and they have a lot of um, oil and eggs and butter and milk. And so the challenge was how do I make them? And then I found one of Rip Esselstyn's out of his cookbooks, those spelt blueberry pancakes and loved them. And I loved them because they were super dense. And just really good. I'm like, oh, I'm having pancakes again. But then I was like, man, I'd really love just a, I love all kinds of pancakes. I love flat ones. You know, I love like the, the diner style pancakes. And then, and then I love big fluffy pancakes like you might find at IHOP. And so for me, it's like when I hone in on something, cause I'm a, I'm your typical creative man. I'm so disorganized. I'm all over the place. I make big messes. You know, my wife is very administrative and she loves organization. So like I'm her worst nightmare, you know, and, but she says, I let you go because she says, I see a big pile of crap and you always make something beautiful out of the crap. So she goes, so she goes, I can, so, so, so with pancakes. So when I hone in on something, I just kind of, I'm, I, I zero in and I just stay with it until I get it. And so, so a lot of the pancake stuff just kind of came out of, man, I can have pancakes again. So I just started like, oh, I want peanut butter pancakes. Oh, I want carrot cake pancakes. Oh, I want blueberry pancakes, you know. And and really I found out, I think what draws people to pancakes, and for me, is when you realize how simple they are to make and you can still make them fluffy and you can still make them savory and you can still make them sweet and you can use very simple ingredients. Um, I, I think for me it was just one of those It was a no-brainer. You know, once I got on autopilot with it, it's like, oh, now I want my, one of my daughters today, can you make matcha pancakes? And I was like, well, why not? Let's try it. And, you know, and so, so there's matcha pancakes on there, you know, there's chocolate pancakes on there. There's peanut butter pancakes, blueberry and the carrot cake, or I love carrot cake, you know? And I was like, well, let's turn carrot, let's, let's make carrot cake pancakes, you know? And so, um, it's just one of those things that I love pancakes and, and so, I think every blogger kind of has an identity and I guess mine's pancakes, but you know, even rip when I was on his podcast, he started the show out by calling everybody his plant-based pancakes. <laughs> and he said, I did that this guy's, you know, and I'm like, I never thought of myself as the pancake guy. I just love pancakes, but apparently, but, but yeah. So once I kind of figured out how to do them and, 
and just make them simple and fluffy and firm or whatever I wanted to do. It was just, I just, every now and then I go back and go, okay, what's another flavor pancake? And, I can and they are fantastic. So. And you were making me super hungry. I have not eaten breakfast yet. That, that's where I'm heading right after this. Uh, in fact, I'm going to try out the, uh, the, the vegan breakfast sausage. So it, it's supposed to be one of your favorites. And um, I'm looking at it like, yep, that's what I'm making right after this right now um for all you guys out there everybody listening it's shaneandsimple.com um social media are you on all the all the normal social media then too shane yeah um uh, facebook is shane and simple cooking um and uh, twitter is shane and simple cooking and uh, the facebook page is huge i will say if you join the, the uh, facebook page we're doing two things that's really cool over there so one, there's a Shane and Simple page. I guess it's kind of like the fan page where I post everything, and it's kind of me that kind of leads the way and does all the, you know, controls the content. But there's actually a Shane and Simple group we've started that's got close to wow. 10,000 people now. And it's really kind of, I let the, kind of let everybody else run it. And it's really a place to come to. I, I wanted to create that place because um, I tell people when they say, what is the most important thing if I'm trying to go plant-based or trying to make this change or whatever. And from us, bottom line, it's community. You've just got to have support. You've got to have people. And so a lot of people don't, I was just really saddened and surprised at how many people didn't get that support from their own family. Like I talk to spouses all the time. They're going, I just can't get my husband on. I just can't get my kids on, you know? And, and so for me, that group, the Shane and simple group on Facebook was just a way to kind of say, Hey, throw things out there. What are you trying? I want you guys to run this, you know, and like I'd chime in and share things. And if people get stupid or crazy or start mean, I go in and the delete button is a great thing. But, um, but I, um, it, it's really good to see the way people communicate with one another. And that's kind of the environment that I wanted to create. And so if you join this Shane and simple fan page, you can find that group page. But the other thing we're doing, and I've got it pinned at the top, if we just started doing something called the subscriber page, where people can go and subscribe to a private Facebook group. And it's like four ninety nine a month. And what I do is I post recipes that I don't post on the blog, starting to do that. And it's fairly new. And we're going to start doing like specific, uh, we're going to do live cooking demos. Um, you know, there'll be a lot of behind the scenes. There'll be special giveaways. And, and it's just, it's, it's helping me facilitate to do content that otherwise I couldn't do because people are kind of shocked to find out how much it costs to run a blog. And when you say I got to take time away from the blog to go spend time with this medium, I mean, it, it really, and I want to try to do as much as I can because I, I, I really, it's not just about having a job as a blogger. It really is. I really believe that this changes lives. And I, I know a lot of people say that, but for me, it really is about the connection, the human connection and just seeing people. I got an email this morning. One lady said, was just telling me how thankful she was to find the site. And you know, her, she went vegan two years, three years ago or a few years ago. And, you know, she'd been stuck with impossible burgers and Burger King whoppers, you know, trying to, and she said, but, but the whole thing is the simple, and I guess I don't realize how my, how simple my site appears to some people, but she was just saying, I'm so thankful for this. And really that, yeah, I want the blog to grow. I want it to be, you know, millions and millions of people going to it. But I mean, anytime I get emails like that, it really makes you feel like what you left your original job for is worth it, you know? And, and of course I love to cook. I mean, I, I love doing what I do, but 
hearing those stories. So that's, and I hate social media, but it's a necessary evil. And that's why, but yeah, so Shane and Simple Cooking Instagram, Shane and Simple Cooking Facebook, and then there are other, you know, pages off of the Facebook page. that Everyone can, would be doing find, well so. if they found it all and tried some of your recipes. Shane, fantastic job, man. We thank you so much for your time. And uh, hopefully we can have you back real soon because I, I thought this was fantastic. And I think there's a lot more to explore. Man, I'm telling you, I was looking at the clock. I'm I'm hating that this is over. Like I was like, because when I saw your picture, when your pictures came up, I was like, oh man, these are real dudes. Dudes, these are dudes. Like I'm, I'm, I'm wearing an MMA t-shirt. Like, Eric's got a Macho Man uh, t-shirt on. We're 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 just guys, man. That's all. All right, time to tell you about Veg Reg. Yeah, VegReg.com helps you find plant-based restaurants and businesses in just one click. And if you are a vegan-friendly business, they can help you get found. If you're searching for healthy, cruelty-free meal options in your local area, VegReg is the perfect solution. Another great thing about VegReg, they have recipes. And when I say recipes, I mean real recipes. A Bacon Lover's BLT, Cookie Dough Protein Bites, Penne Arrabbiata, now that's the entree and not the character from The Sopranos, and even a vanilla bean, that's vanilla bean, he said, cheesecake, and they are all plant-based. You can also find Spotlight Vegan Businesses and more when you click on over to vegreg.com. I would say tell them that Rich sent you, but you know, it's a website and no one would hear you. That's vegreg.com. Welcome. To Shilor Select. The whole system will be ready in a few minutes. Take your seat and enjoy. Everyone has a story that's built on thousands of hows, whys, and what's. Join myself, Chris Sheeler, as I dive into how people live their lives, why they do what they do, and what goes through their mind while they do it. If you love learning and what makes people tick, my podcast, Sheeler Select, has you covered. New episodes every Monday. Find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, or just anywhere you get a podcast. She's a mom with vegetables. She's so delectable. The cows and pigs, she set them free. Can't you see? She's a hot chickpea. Veggie stew, just for you. Sit on down, there's these or two. Yes, after that wonderful lead-in from the great Harissimo, it is now time for another great person, Sarah Carlson, with the news. Everything that is fit to print, but we don't print it because we do a podcast. Sarah, take it away. Oh, boy. This is my favorite. And, you know, only day two, but it may be, remain so. The food and the story. That, according to The Beat, this is the B-E-E-T, eating avocado every day, it says at lunch, but this is, you'll hear why later, can help you lose weight. And it's actually a fruit, avocado, if you don't know that. And I have to tell this story because we eat so many in my house. My daughter loves them when she was little. I call them uh, fresh avocado, and she read it and thought it was free shavakadu. So we still call it. 
we eat lots of free shavakadu. Free shavakadu. Yeah, free shavakadu. Nice. So anyway, according to this nutrients uh, study, the people who had the avocado versus another meal had measures of appetite suppressing hormones in their blood six hours after eating the meal. So it was a perfect combo of fat and fiber and an avocado, which we've heard a ton. They say it reduces your appetite for at least five hours after eating one. Now, I looked deeply into that. And it might be a whole one. I kind of hope not. But either way, let's just say it's a half of one. It could be done in a salad plus toast, sandwich, you name it. Anyway, those in general who eat avocados tend to eat less throughout the day. So it's like, why not? Break that open in the morning. It's a fruit. So it's referred to as the keto starter. So sometimes that gets a bad reputation with those because it has a high, high calorie and high fat content, but it does the trick long-term. It's the perfect combo, the perfect combo, combo, as I said, of fat, fiber, and a plant-based carb that signals the body to burn more fat. Free shavaka. my favorite thing. Yeah. I didn't have it for you know, <laughs> you, you know what it is, and, and I'm glad that you actually said that there. So, so avocado's got protein and it's got fat, and that's you know fine and good. And you, you want to kind of limit the amount of fat that you eat during a day and all of that. But what it does have is fiber. And so that's the thing. So when you combine things together, so say you eat a whole fruit, all right, you want an orange, eat an orange. Now, if you have just the orange juice, it's going to spike your blood sugar. If you have the orange and eat all the orange together, because of the fiber that's associated with all that orange that you're eating, it won't spike your blood sugar levels. The fiber is the most important part. And it's so funny because people will ask me all the time, well, Rich, you're a vegan. Where do you get your protein? And the mo I always want to counter that with where do you get your fiber? Um, over 90% of Americans don't get enough fiber throughout the day. 90%. It's nine out of 10 because they don't eat fruits and don't eat vegetables and they don't eat whole grains and legumes and stuff like that that has tons of fiber. And so when people tell me that, oh, you know, they're, they're bloated or they're constipated or, you know, they got irritable bowel syndrome or a bunch of other stuff that's associated with gut problems, it's because they're not getting any fiber. And it's not the same thing as, you know, putting a musel in a glass with some water and drinking it. You want to eat the fiber at the same time as the fruit or vegetable that you're eating and getting all of that together is how you really feed your gut microbiome really good. Get all those micro and phytonutrients and feel so much better about things. And I know that that just got really technical and nerdy, but no. <laughs> and I can, my daughter now 17 uh, appreciates the real name of it and also the benefits. She has it on toast all the time. And I'm sorry, the dog's barking. I think she didn't get her free shavakadu. Free shavakadu. The dog needs some free shavakadu. I, I, I love it. Or maybe, or maybe she's barking because of the next uh, person we're going to be talking about. She's pretty tough. Uh, Mike Tyson. Okay. So when I looked up, like, who are the famous people who have gone vegan, he came up. However, I heard a couple rumors that he might have gone back. Wasn't sure. Then, honestly, coincidentally, I have a group of friends. They took a trip to Vegas recently and ran into Mike Tyson while he was eating. And they did a bunch of pictures. And apparently that was not just them saying, oh, look, it's my, Mike Tyson. Friendly conversation. And I texted them all back. What's on that plate? Yeah, what was he and eating? That's what you want to know. He was having the crispy cauliflower dish. Aha. Uh -huh. so if, if I can help with the rumors, he, he might have you know, come back to this side. Anyway, we heard that he was vegan. Um, he lost a hundred pounds. That's true. And it was for a long time. He went all plant-based 
in 2010, he said he was in, quote, the best shape ever. And by then, I'm guessing in his 40s, because that was however long ago. And he credited uh, his vegan diet and r rigorous exercise routine, trying to get back in shape and stop drinking and doing drugs. This was a total, uh, totally vegan buzz interview. He also did interviews with Oprah and lots of other people to talk about what he'd been through. He retired 2005, again, feeling old, feels like yesterday. He said he was just eating so much meat and drinking so much booze all the time, clinically obese by 2009, so congested in every place, lucky to be alive, revealed, said he almost died, had arthritis. He claims turning vegan saved his life. So that's one of those guys where you go, okay. We're going to have to start doing some, some games on this show and some trivia because I, I will tell you this. Most vegans are women. All right, but the fastest growing group of vegans. So, if you want to put people into groups like who's Asian and black, and you know what, whatever you know, uh, group you want to uh, pin them down in, the fastest growing group of vegans in this country are African Americans, and there is really a push on. There are a lot of them, uh, especially that play in the NBA. Chris Paul, by the way, is is very famously uh, vegan. Um, there's, there's a bunch of others that right now are kind of escaping me, but anyways, veganism and, um, being African-American are now starting to go together. There's a big push on, um, for, for people of color to, to become vegan. And so it, it's not surprising that Mike is in that group. Um, I wouldn't challenge him on it though, too much. And he seems to have a temper still. <laughs> That, yeah, that would have been around the time of the Hangover filming, would it not? Somewhere mm -hmm. around there, I bet. Yeah, and he was good in that. And wasn't that his tiger too? I thought that was like his actual like pet, his actual real tiger. Yeah, that's his actual pet tiger that was in the Hangover. And so uh, that would be my other question. I know he was eating uh, cauliflower and, and doing that, but did he have the tiger with him? Does the tiger travel with Iron Mike? That would be a good question. By the way, you know. No, they, they said you, no. They, they asked if his tiger was You, you know what's a big bummer? They used to have Mike Tyson's punch out on Nintendo. So the original Nintendo entertainment system, the NES, would have Mike Tyson's punch out, and you would face all these boxers along the way to try to get to Mike Tyson. And at the end, you would have to fight Mike Tyson. And I remember, I mean, it took me like a week to figure out how to even hit him because he was so fast and he would you know, just punch you once, you'd get knocked out. And when I beat Mike Tyson on the NES, I was jumping around like I was on fire. It was one of the greatest moments of my life. It's still one of the greatest moments of my life. And they stopped making Mike Tyson's punch out and just called it punch out because of the trouble that Mike got into. I believe her name was Desiree Washington uh, back in the day, but he was convicted of rape at that point. But Mike had to go to jail. Mike was done for a while. Um, unlike Deshaun Watson, who's kind of skating, you know, I mean, the, the, if we were to equate it to boxing terms, it would be like Mike would have to take a year off of boxing, um, and not go to jail. That's the kind of penalty right now that's being afforded Deshaun Watson. Not that Deshaun Watson has been convicted of rape. He has been alleged of, you know, 24 civil counts of sexual aggression or whatever the heck that they ended up titling it. But anyways, um, yeah, Mike Tyson, good stuff. Blast from the past there, Sarah. I know. Love it. Okay, what else What else you got for us here? Rapid fire, Sarah. Well, I, no. I've got another celebrity one. And I'll admit, 
I like the song, but you know, singer and rapper Lizzo's good as hell. Have you heard about? Okay, this one? so here's the thing. I don't think I know <laughs> one Lizzo song. Okay, the thing that I know, you might hear this one and recognize it. I probably it, would. It's one of those things. It's played. It can be played in ways and take out the word hell. I think it's catchy. It's on the radio plenty. Do you know why? Do you know um, why I know who Lizzo is? And it happened because yeah. of Sports Center. I was watching Sports Center, and maybe Eric, you remember this. And I think this was like three years ago. It was pre-COVID. Anyways, Lizzo went to a game. It was a Lakers game, and she was wearing a thong. Like at the game, this is what she was wearing. And they had like video of her like walking through the crowd in a thong. And I'm like, my my God. Um what is this? You know, not okay. I'm not trying to body shame anybody. I don't even think anybody like like El McPherson shouldn't wear a thong to a Lakers game. All right, and I'm kind of dating myself here again. Kate Up, no one Kate wear Upton shouldn't wear a okay. thong to a a Lakers game. Who who else? Who's more modern here, Eric? That I, I should be bringing up. I mean, well, I was gonna say if your if your newest reference is Kate Upton, you're still a little bit behind. I don't right, know, but you know, your remains. <laughs> and also be behind on the times in that anyone wears a thong wherever they want these days is starting to happen. And she's one of those ladies Ugh. who goes, I don't care what you think about what I'm wearing, but you got to hear this part about the VA okay. connection. So, so you won't care about the thong. Please, I, I really don't care about the thong, and I hope I never see Lizzo in a thong again. It's just... <laughs> again, it, it, it's not a body shape thing. I just don't want to see anybody in, in a thong, especially at a Lakers game. It, it just doesn't go together. I guess I don't understand the seating in the thong. Yeah, yeah no the, good. The, 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 the germaphobe in me kind of goes, mm. yeah. But anyway, I love her and I think she's fantastic. And that's just the, I don't know. Wait a second, um, wait a second. Would you not been... sit on the seat that Lizzo was sitting on because she was wearing nothing but a thong? I hate, I don't care who she is. I hate sitting on public seats in general. I get really skeeved out okay. by that. I've been on airplane the feeling when you go to the bathroom right after I... someone else has used it, the seat's warm. You love that? <laughs> Restaurants, airplanes, public places in general. I wash those clothes before. I even tell John, can we maybe like, I don't like being on the couch where my face might go later on that pair wow. of pants. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. That might that might be a problem, oh, but I, I don't know. Do you like... This might be a little so, okay. So do you, do you hover then? So like when you go to a, a public restroom or, or even worse, okay. Um, when, when, when you go to a concert and they don't have public restrooms and you got to go to the porta potty. All right. Are you a, are you a hover type girl? Oh, yeah. You hover. Yeah. I'm a master <laughs> at that. I'm a master at that though, because I've, uh, run marathons. So I've never, I've never stopped during one, but beforehand it's all you got. And afterwards all you got. And that's okay. So have, have you had to go while running a marathon? I didn't plan it well the first time I ran. But I've run several, so yeah, I had to go totally mile seven, let's say. But unfortunately, that was a popular mile, and I had to get in line. You're talking about uh, time, uh. and you're like, really? To go there, yuck. Um, then I saw men, you know, they had the uh, easier. Yeah. Way. Does Does anybody just let it flow while they're running? Well, I can tell you that. Um, Eric's nodding. Here, yes. I think. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, and I, I ran behind a woman who was not just letting it flow there. So oh. I had the other problem. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I, I wasn't. I'm not. This is. We're talking about. It's more motivation to get out and yeah. around in oh. front of them. Oh, the, the best part about this one is this woman was killing it. I mean, and we were in our last half mile. This is of a marathon, so she's thinking, "I don't give a shit." Literally, literally. And there it goes. And I, I did run around her, and I wasn't even grossed out. I was just like, "Good for you." Thankfully, she wasn't wearing a thong. She might have been. She was wearing. She was wearing. Well, at least she was wearing a pair of shorts over the thong. Yeah. So. Right down the middle. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. She just said to herself, "I want to make the, whatever time I'm making, so I'm just going to keep going." And wow. Went. Okay, back to to Lizzo and the vegan connection here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it, this one's easy. It's the new anthem with, with Peta. Uh, she's vegan. Yeah. Apparently, talks about it a lot. She's letting Peta use that hit single good as hell in this celebrity packed video. So it promotes going vegan. Um, and according to this vegnews.com, she's been feeling good as hell since she went vegan two years ago. So not too long ago. And she's encouraging people to follow and people follow her a lot. So this video though, is not her video per se. It's a campaign by PETA, but they're, she's allowing them to use this very popular song. Um, uses the hit single features Vegan celebrities, so Sopranos actress Edie Falco, and she says, are you ready to feel good as hell? And uh, who else? NBA icon and longtime vegan, yeah, John Sally. He is, and again, going to that mm -hmm. NBA connection that I was telling you about, yeah, John Sally yeah, is exactly. vegan. Exactly, yeah. and then uh, remember actress, uh, actress Alicia Silverstone? Of course, yes. And Joaquin Phoenix. So she just... Let these people use her music, and that's cool as hell. Yeah, Alicia Silverstone. I loved her in that music video by Aerosmith too. Was it Crazy? Was the name of the video that she was in? She was in it with with Liv Tyler, who is Steven Tyler's daughter, and they are like driving out in the country in a convertible, and somehow uh, Alicia Silverstone and Liv Tyler's clothes keep coming off. So uh, back then, by the way, is it, is it Alicia Silverstone or Alicia? Alicia? I don't know. I thought it was Alicia. There was a movie that she was in with Mike Myers. Yeah. I'm not, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. yeah I, <laughs> I thought it was Alicia, but. Okay. All right. If we're continue. saying it wrong, I apologize to Miss Silverstone. I always thought it was Alicia Silverstone, but um, yeah. My Clueless. The Clueless is one of those movies, and I recently watched it with my daughter when we were down in Tucson, Arizona, and it was just on TV, and we caught it and started watching it, and my daughter loved it. She's 14 and was totally bought into yeah. Clueless, and I was thinking about it, too, as we're watching this. Now, they had, like, those Zach Morris cell phones, the the big flip-open ones, you know, and stuff like that. So people weren't married to phones yet, and the Internet wasn't really a thing yet and all of that. And I was thinking, these were damn good times, you know? Like, you could go out, get in trouble. Nobody was recording, recording it on their phone. Uh, things were fun, and you were more interested in going out and doing that than you were sitting around on your smartphone all friggin' day um, doing that. So it was it was good times. If, if you, you get a chance, rewatch Clueless. If you've never seen it, watch it for the first time. Uh, fantastic movie. So, all right, we are we're just about out of time here, guys. 
uh, wrapping it up. Episode number two is in the books. And if you were going to be watching this on YouTube, Eric's cat made his second appearance. So yesterday he did, he did kind of a drive by. He walked by today. He was all the way up in the back corner on your cat tower thing, uh, and was there for a little while and making an appearance. So tabby is a tabby cat, Eric. I, I don't know. It's just an orange and white cat. I, I think that's how people <laughs> describe their cats. It's, it's a cat. It's a cat. I mean, I love you my cat. Name? You know he, what? What's his name? Prince, because he lives like a king. Nice. All cats do. They they okay. truly do. So okay, Eric's cat makes a an official appearance today. Hey, Sarah, great job on the news. Eric, great job as always. I. Not going to promise, but I'm going to try and deliver that fact that we'll have that echo problem solved for tomorrow. We thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Real Many Plants podcast. Bye-bye.